Welcome to the AI Business Podcast, where we feature conversations with interesting guests at the intersection of artificial intelligence and business. Hello, and welcome to the AI Business Podcast. I'm Ben Wodecki, and I'm really pleased to be joined by Danny Langer from Unity. Danny, how's it going? Oh, it's going well. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. Danny, just talk to us a little bit about what you do at Unity. Yeah, I'm, I'm the SVP of AI at, at Unity, and that uh, actually means a lot of different things. Uh, we use AI in, in many aspects of, of uh, gaming and entertainment and actually also industrial applications. Uh, so I hope we get a chance to to talk about that today. But it it really spans from supporting our monetization team uh, in in the gaming space. So that's sort of the more classical uh, enterprise style AI, all the way over to uh, generative AI and the role of AI in in applications like the metaverse. So let's talk about that metaverse topic first, Danny. At Silicon Valley last year, our AI summit in November, you gave a take which I thought was you know, one of the most poignant in terms of metaverse. Uh, for audience example, it was what a couple of weeks, maybe a few days even after Mark Zuckerberg did the big rebrand of meta. Uh, and just looking at my notes, you said that it, that presentation should have looked at more industrial applications and not solely kind of video conferencing, social aspects. A year on, how are you kind of seeing things progress? Yeah, I, I, I think that uh, a lot of uh, what I said at that, uh, at that event uh, is coming to fruition. Uh, I, I still think that uh, what uh, Mark and his team came up with was, was a bit narrow. It was, of course, they are social platforms. So what they came up with was avatars and meetings and, and that kind of events. And, and, and that's all fine. But, but I, I thought they were only scratching the surface, yeah. Uh, the way that that we see at the metaverse uh, at Unity is is a much much broader environment. It is really where you have a a a twin, a digital twin of of reality. Uh, you you can be in reality, but in parallel, there's this digital uh, universe that we you know combined call that the metaverse and there there's an interplay between it and that can be in a game that can be for entertainment but it can also be for industrial applications where you have a uh, you have robots or you have a manufacturing floor and you have a digital representation of that and it really allows you as as a user to traverse between reality and the digital twin and run simulations experiments and have experiences, so so it really bridges from from entertainment, gaming, all the way over to sort of advanced industrial applications. Danny, I think that's a good take on you know that year reflection. There's been a lot of movement in the industrial space, and the reason why I liked your take is because I see the metaverse as more industrial. I see the virtual factory floor, right? I always say um, for those who listen to season one. Um, having my dad work in a factory, it's you know a lot easier to maintain and, and, and things like that. Um, and I think what's interesting is that move towards industrial is something that Unity has gone through. Um, so those not in the know, Unity started out right in the gaming sector, right? And, and building kind of virtual worlds uh, and virtual platforms. Do you feel that Unity's past work, how has that kind of helped you guys prepare for the wider agnostic work in this industrial setting, for example? Yeah, that, that's actually a very good question, uh, because if you look at it, uh, we are coming from a, a 
a, a, a very different uh, from a very different perspective than uh, than uh, uh, most of the rest of the industry. Yeah, uh, if you think about my own career, which has been at Microsoft and Amazon and Uber, uh, very enterprise oriented. Yeah, uh, I came to Unity uh, six years ago, and uh, in some ways it was it was uh, it was a big change for me because the environment was so different. Uh, I still remember one of the very first meetings at Unity where I made a statement, which is, I mean, like this is normal in enterprise. You say, we need to turn art into science. And everybody turned and looked at me and said, what's wrong with art? And I was like, whoa, this is a different company and people are coming from a different place. Yeah, That different place brings in a super interesting uh, perspective when you start going into other areas, yeah? So if you think about gaming, bringing gaming into uh, a manufacturing context or into a robotics context, uh, you suddenly have avatars, you have humans in there, you can simulate, you can gameplay. This is just a perspective that uh, I, I think a lot of the industry uh, up to now has has, has, has missed. And, and, and we, we just bring that different aspect in and you get very surprising results out of it. I'd like to bring up the point, obviously, you raised about being at different companies. Do you feel that there's a kind of different feel and approach towards kind of innovation, um, you know, get based on that gaming background compared to, you know, other companies that you've worked at? Or is it, you know, we're all open, we're all wanted to work towards the same thing? How, how does it kind of differ from other places you've been? I, I, I think uh, one of the very interesting differences is that it's, it's much uh, less uh, algorithmic in a sense, uh, because we know that gaming, the, the whole gaming experience is so much more open-ended and so much more social and so much more human-centric uh, that it really opens up for a very different perspective uh, compared to sort of a more classic industrial or uh, enterprise uh, approach to things. And, and that gives this very unique experience that really gives us an advantage when you start looking at applying uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning to areas like the metaverse. So Danny, I want to ask, do companies that you know you approach to work with are they kind of confused by, you know, obviously your prior work in the gaming, are they how do they you know because a lot it's got a stigma the game as a as a gamer myself, I know from a business perspective it's very different from from wider tech. How, how do you kind of navigate that? Let's just say that I, the world has changed. Uh there, we have billions of players playing uh, on the Unity platform, playing games that are made with Unity, yeah? billions, which actually becomes really a large, <laughs> a very large fraction, if not a majority of, 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 of people on this planet. So I think that when we are out talking to uh, people in highly technical space or very complex applications, well, most of them are already players and they very quickly see uh, a lot of parallels. And we know that in, 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 uh, in, in defense, people have been using the term wargaming for years. Yeah, um, And not to get into that, but the whole thing of gaming situations is, is, not, uh, is not something new any longer. So I think we, 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 a lot of our customers, they really resonate with this idea of playing out scenarios in a virtual world uh, before you actually construct something, before you actually build a, a, a factory floor or a city or, 
you, you, you play out these situations and see if what you plan to build will actually work. So the idea of you know the practical metaverse can't be built without gaming, is, is that right? Oh, I, 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 I firmly believe so, yes. I must admit, I agree. Um, I was speaking to um, an innovative colleague from uh, Ubisoft very recently, uh, and they spoke about the idea that they've been training things like autonomous cars for years, and I think that's something that 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 you guys have been doing as well. It's what most gaming companies. So I, I'd be very remiss if people would be turning their noses up to try and build these new platforms when you guys have been doing it for decades, right? Let me pick up on that uh, with autonomous vehicles because that's a that's a super interesting space that I have been involved in when I was at Uber. And I've been following it closely, and we have several uh, customers on the Unity platform uh, in that space as well. And what I have learned over the years is that it's much, much less of a classic uh, robotic navigation challenge. Yeah, I, Like having a car driving down the road, not hitting other cars and avoiding parked cars, all that stuff. That's, that's the easy part. Yeah. The harder part is to have humans crossing the street, kids playing on the sidewalk, uh, kicking a ball, stuff like that, and have a car anticipate that. Now you can easily imagine how both testing, uh, developing and testing a vehicle to understand human gesture and human behavior and really anticipate whether there is a risk that that ball will be kicked into the street and a child will run after it. Yeah. Predicting all that, that is that is that's gameplay. That is really very different from a uh, classic mathematical <laughs> uh, perspective on, on this. There's a lot of uh, human uh, behavior, uh, even animal behavior. You have a dog crossing the street, yeah? Uh, predicting all of that, uh, having a vehicle do that, you really have to get into a full-fledged uh, gameplay that uh, is, uh, is, is really uh, simulating a lot of the real-world behavior and even outlandish behavior, behavior that is, is maybe very unlikely to happen. I'm glad you picked up on that because there are so many games where the companies have purposefully developed the, the driving to be terrible in, in a fun kind of, you know, out of the thing. Um, just off the top of my head, big fan of the old Just Cause 2 game. And like, it just shows you that not everyone, not every human drives perfectly. So why would an autonomous system, you know, training that to copy humans? Well, maybe that's a bad idea, right? Exactly. Uh, I, I think that uh, actually a very interesting application, that space, because you don't kill anyone in a game. Yeah. A very interesting application is to use what we call adversarial AI. So it's basically an artificial intelligence system that has been been trained to be an adversary. So for instance, you could have let AI power the avatars or the people walking down the street, yeah? And they would purposely try to make the car fail. So the car fails if it hits something or injures someone, yeah? In a simulation, yeah? So you would have this adversarial AI really trying to make it as hard for the car as possible. And the outcome of that is, of course, that you really strengthen the abilities of the, that car, the ability of that uh, system driving the car. Yeah. So actually really bad behavior, outlandish behavior, unpredictable behavior, that is what this AI, AI would do to break the vehicle. 
I would say, Danny, you've been with Unity for six years. Were you a gamer beforehand, or was it just a a passing interest? I am not a big gamer. Uh, I'm I'm more coming from more of a classic uh, algorithmic centric uh, uh, background, um, but I I I I felt that something was needed to. Uh, uh, to break out of that sort of more uh, classical way of building systems. I was going to say, so in that six years, would you say that those algorithmic systems have greatly improved? What's your perspective coming into the market? Kind of fresh, effectively. Oh, I, I think that, <laughs> uh, pun intended, I think the game has completely changed. I, I think that uh, we have seen uh, a revolution in, uh, in AI and uh, three-dimensional applications, complex simulations, um, and gameplay itself is going through a complete revolution over the last uh, six years. Uh, I, th- I think I've my move, I, I left Uber and, and joined Unity because I, I can get back to that in, a, in, in details in a moment, but I, I, I left uh, Uber and, and joined Unity uh, because I saw an opportunity, and and I've been very fortunate. I think it has it has really carried through and be, and come to fruition. That the world is, has really changed. It has become a world of content creation rather than just pure uh, content consumption, ranging from entertainment all the way to industrial applications. Yeah. So what I'd like to ask you about that because obviously there's a lot that gaming can teach other markets both around transformative innovation and obviously that use of AI and that wide, wider algorithmic agnostic use. In in your words, what do you think gaming can, can teach those other sectors that you're working with? So here's actually why I, 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 I left Uber and came to, to Unity. Uh, we were working uh, at Uber. We were working a lot with, you know, we were working with real people, bringing real people around, having real people being drivers in their cars. We were working on self-driving cars. We were working on Uber Eats. All of it, um, very serious applications of uh, moving uh, people and stuff in the real world. Yeah, and I think that what AI, what I saw that AI needed was multiple orders of magnitude of scale in data. And uh, you, you can't get that in the real world. You have to simulate that. Simulation is very, very powerful. And when I say simulation, is very broad. You playing a game is simulation too. Yeah? Because what you do is that you move bits. You don't move stuff in the real world. Yeah? And moving bits, you can do that at very high speed and very low cost at enormous scale. Yeah? And gaming allow this kind of... I would call that actually a sustainable simulation. Yeah, you can. You don't have to move real stuff. You don't have to build stuff to test it out. You can do all that uh, in in a virtual world. Yeah, and that that's what really is 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 happening. And that trend is accelerating right now. So, what kind of companies are? I mean, I'm interested in terms of tra- that 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 trend and some of the people that are interested in working not only on that transformative gaming side, but bringing it into things like industrial. Can you tell us kind of the brands that you're working with, you know, or any of the use cases that you're applying those that, that system to in terms of like wider actual applications? Yeah, I, I want to mention one uh, very interesting uh, customer of ours, which is uh, a company called DeepMind. Uh, DeepMind uh, 
there the company's mission is to create artificial general intelligence. So it's, it's a very ambitious goal. I think when they were founded 10 years ago, some people were just, you know, smiling and said, well, that's, that's not going to happen. But they have made some very, very interesting progress. Uh, another uh, Unity user is OpenAI, which is really making rounds right now with GPT, ChatGPT, Generative AI, DALI. Um, but let, let, me, let me get back to, to DeepMind. And, and, and what they're doing is that they are simulating, they're simulating a lot of, uh, I would say, everyday situations in game-like situation, in game-like scenarios to basically train AI systems on vast amounts of, of data. So they, they run uh, Unity at large scale and generate uh, behavioral data. So it can be uh, small uh, avatars or agents moving around, solving tasks, learning to solve tasks, and they use that to train AI. Danny, that's two of the biggest names in AI. That's, that's quite impressive. For you, how does it feel to be working along, you know, some of the biggest names in the industry. We are super proud to to enable that work, uh, and it, it 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 goes all the way back to this observation that there's not enough data in the real world to actually build this kind of AI. You you have to have vast amounts of what we call synthetic data, artificial data, to accomplish these breakthroughs. I I, I think that the world is moving towards the realization that. That scale matters. Uh, it's it's what happened to humans through history, through evolution. It, it wasn't sort of a single individual. Yeah, it was a process of trial and error at massive scale over you know a couple of million years. So, Danny, there's one breakthrough that has kind of taken over this year, and it's referenced by both of those companies actually that you mentioned, and that's generative AI. What's your take on that? Generative AI is a transition point we are crossing the chasm. i think this is the first time where the broader population see uh, magic happening i'm extremely bullish uh, on this concept i looked first at generative ai actually back when i was at uber we were using generative ai to generate street signs that uh, or, or signs that would confuse self-driving cars so basically consider that a hack. You would be able to generate an image of a cat, but the car would see it as a stop sign. Yeah, You wouldn't see it as a stop sign, but there would be embedded pixels in there that would trigger the computer vision algorithm to stop the car. Yeah, And we have come like an incredible long way in, in, in seven years since I started that work. And it's it's really coming coming through with with uh, stable diffusion uh, work, Mid Journey, uh, Dali, uh, Chat, GPT. It's it's just all coming together in this very short time span of the last you know six to twelve months, and I think it's an indication of uh, acceleration in the space. So when everybody said AI is out, it's all about uh, blockchain and crypto. <laughs> it's turned out that AI just accelerated and the other space, they had uh, they had a meltdown instead, yeah. Uh, and I, I, I think that we're going to see very exciting things coming up the next few years. Yeah, the less said on this show about crypto, the better, I think. Um, Danny, it, it kind of reminds me what's going on in generative AI. 
about what you said about the metaverse last year, where the wider public are interested in the social aspect. But where do you see the business examples coming through? You mentioned the autonomous vehicle, but are there any business applications that, that your team at Unity are kind of looking at with this generative AI? Oh, yeah. I mean, like there are many, many uh, applications for this. Generative AI has uh, this uh, ability to, as, as it, <laughs> this is in the word, you know, to generate. Yeah. So it removes some of the bottlenecks in creation. Uh, the, the gaming industry has really worked uh, on overcoming that bottleneck uh, itself. I, I mean, like a few years ago, I, the term uh, Unity developer was on the top 10 list of jobs at uh, requested jobs at LinkedIn. Yeah? So the gaming community has really had this ability to create a workforce of skilled creators that can create these uh, games. Uh, I know that, uh, for instance, uh, DeepMind uh, has a large contingent of employees who are actually coming out of game companies. Yeah? But when you move from gaming into a broader uh, set of applications of, of enterprise business, uh, you actually run into this bottleneck of, cre- of, of the lack of creators. Yeah? So, f- so imagine that you have, a, you have a, a city, a city council, and they want to create a digital trend of, of their city because they want to do some city planning. It's going to be very difficult for that uh, f- for a city to hire skilled developers to sit and code in Unity, yeah, and that is where the generative AI comes in. Yeah, it empowers creators to be much more uh, productive, to create vast amounts of data, which is you know create a digital train of an entire city. Generative AI helps us, and and anyone who played with Jet uh, Chat uh, GPT. They are very impressed by by the language coming out of it. The people are using it actually to write articles. People are using it to create LinkedIn blog posts that are much better worded <laughs> than 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 they sort of can do themselves. Uh, at least you know, you know, with some quick writing, yeah. Uh, and and it's going to help us write code. It's very very good at writing code, yeah. So there's going to be a time where. Uh, where developers are going to spend less time writing code and more time expressing what they need. Yeah, So that increased productivity is really going to be a, a transformative for uh, applications of the metaverse outside uh, a narrow space uh, like uh, like gaming. I mean, we at AI Business used it to create, use ChatGPT to create Christmas ads. Um, and you can read more about that on AI Business, of course, but there are a lot of use cases, but Danny, as a, a veteran AI expert, are there any concerns around this? The legality is something that I've been looking at long before Dali came around um, when I used to write in the copyright space. What's your kind of take on legal issues or are you more interested in the actual advances of what this can do? The legal issues are a very serious problem. Uh, it is an example of a piece of technology uh, moving ahead of where our concepts and understanding of, of IP is today. Yeah? You have a machine that consumes much more data than a human can ever consume. It actually consumes all, you know, all of the entire internet. It consumes all images ever published. And then based on that, it will generate new imagery that clearly is influenced by what it has seen. And it becomes really problematic 
that you generate content that clearly is inspired by human artists. Some of it, you look at it and you know this is this is a ripoff of Picasso or is this a ripoff of Gauguin. And you, you have to sort of be concerned here because the ripoff is very efficient. It's very good looking. It's very efficient. It only takes milliseconds, yeah? Um, and you can produce this at very large scale. Everybody can do it. It's also really challenging the whole idea of, of copyright, of IP. And it's not just the graphical side, it's the code. I, you know, a company or an individual may have a patent on, on, on a software solution to something. And now uh, your, your generative AI just creates this program um, that is a complete ripoff. Uh, with no recognition of any rights, yeah, that is a problem that uh, is gonna haunt the space, just like privacy uh, haunted the consumer algorithmic space, as we have seen from the past. You you talk about haunting the the patents on software people have still haunt me to this day with their with their passion for the for the space. So it's definitely something to watch in twenty three, but. I think it's going to haunt our inboxes as well for the the next few years because it's moving so fast compared to the legality. Danny, do you mind? We're talking in December. It's very cold here in the UK. And I want to kind of gauge how you're looking at for the 12 months ahead um, in terms of both kind of gaming and bringing it back to that idea of kind of industrial metaverse. How do you see AI playing out in in your perspective for the next 12 months? I think that 23 is going to really be a lot about generative AI. There's no discussion. I, I think that it came out in 22. Uh, it has been a long way underway, but it is with technology that uh, those very first steps, they take a long time, they take years. But then at, a, at, at one point, you sort of cross the chasm and it becomes a matter of acceleration. Yeah, And I think that's what we're going to experience in 23. We're going to see a number uh, of, of companies really ramping up. Anyone who played with chat GPT can easily see how this can become a serious alternative to a classic Google search. So Google is going to have to respond to that. Yeah, You're going to see uh, code generation. So you're going to see a, a lot of more people getting in and using these tools to allow coders, programmers, to be much more efficient in their work. Uh, at Unity, we are very interested in that part because we have hundreds of thousands of people using the Unity editor writing C-sharp code. And if we can make those individuals more productive, write code, more code, better code, faster, uh, that that is definitely something that uh, that we want to pay attention to in, 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 in 23. So that's uh, uh, graphical generation, text generation, code generation, and information, how should I say, summarizing information that's sort of, you know, going to be very, very important applications that are really going to hit us all in 23. Danny, thank you so much. I think this time next year, there'll be another AI summit that we can sit down on stage and talk about this because generative AI is never going to stop. And I I think it requires a longer than 30 minute chat. Um, Thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you very much. It was good questions. Thank you very much. And until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. Please stay safe this holidays. All the very best. Thank you.
To get more AI news and insights, visit our website at aibusiness.com. Until next time, thank you for listening.